John here, and we've got a new sponsor, DistroKid. Now that you've finished your latest Pirate Math SpongeCore Twitch trek, it's time to get it out there so everyone can hear it. DistroKid helps musicians get their music on all the major streaming platforms, and artists keep 100% of their royalties. And because you're a high-gain listener, you get 30% off. Just go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash high gain. That's distrokid.com slash VIP slash high gain. And now DistroKid has an app. The DistroKid app is available for iOS and Android. You can download it at distrokid.com slash app or in the app and play stores. We'd like to take a minute to thank our pals over at Isotope, makers of software and plugins for audio repair, mixing, and mastering. The new gold standard of audio repair, Isotope RX11, is coming in May. Buy RX10 now on sale and get RX11 absolutely free when it's released. We use Isotope products here at the High Gain. It's an important part of how we've been able to bottle pure podcast gold week after week. High Gain listeners get 10% off using the promo code FRET10. That's F-R-E-T-1-0. That's all at isotope.com. I-Z-O-T-O-P-E dot com. Hey, this is Ed Peterson. And this is John Kiltico. And this is the High Game Podcast. Oh, so happy to be here. Oh, I'm stoked, John. Stoked. I'm 100%. Really? 100% today. Absolutely. Full vim and vigor? Absolutely. Uh, What do we talk about here at the High Game? Guitars and old man ailments. Yes, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) I got a shingles vaccine last week. Sweet. That was cool. Where are we? My gout flared up the other day. Yeah. <laughs> We're in beautiful West Seattle, John. Beautiful West Seattle, yes. It's a sunny day. It is sunny. Spring, like the cherry blossoms are coming out. Oh, it feels man. early. It feels like a tease. Yeah. But, you know, I'm taking it. In a place that rains as much as it does here, it feels like a cruel tease. Yes, I had to rip all of the carpet out of Claire's bedroom because Why? it leaked into the basement. The rain. The rain. It'll be fine. Yeah. It'll be cool. Summer will come and then it, it won't matter. Exactly. It'll yeah. all dry up. Well, I'm glad to hear you're feeling better, Ed. Oh, my God. Because dude. we've got some talking to do today. Oh. In fact, we must be planning to do some serious ass talking <laughs> because we have one, two, three, three, four, five, six. Six, seven, seven beverages. Seven beverages just lined up, yeah. just ready. I, I don't hardly know her, but I think I could love her. Beverages. Little Joan Jett there? Yeah. Or whoever originally wrote that song? Uh, Tommy something and the something somethings? You want to look it up, Ed? Yeah, hold on to that. Okay. Let me look that up. Uh, Tommy James and the Shondells. Ha! Yeah. That's who wrote that. Yeah. Released 1968. Wow. 
You know what else was released in 68? What? Ed Peterson. Really? From his mom's vagina. (laughs) (laughs) You know, banner year. Great relief for all involved. Oh my gosh, are you kidding? (laughs) We went to the beverage place. Husky Deli in beautiful West Seattle. Yes. Talked to... Jack. Owner of Husky Deli. Yes. He pointed us at... The beverages. Yeah, and specifically yours. Yeah. It's called Iron Brew. Okay. It is an orangey liquid Mm -hmm. that tastes nothing like orange. Does it taste like urine? No, but it is apparently one of the classic drinks of Scotland. Original and best. Mm. Is it a soda-y kind of thing? It's carbonated. Okay. But I got to tell you... Yeah. I cannot place the taste. Huh. All I picture, the drink of Scotland is scotch. Iron brew. Yeah. What do you got? Klaus Dollar, crafted and bottled in Germany. Non-alcoholic beer. Beer. The German pioneer. Superior taste, and it's crisp and fresh. And that is true. It tastes like a regular beer, but without the getting fucked up part. You know, drinking a bunch of beers, get all fucking weird. Let's get weird, John. Yeah, sure. Let's do it. Okay. I've got a fender here today, Ed. Yeah. But you know what? We're taking a different tack. John accused me of being anti-vaxxer earlier today. That's only because he is. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a man of science, John. So this is a 1959 Gold Guard Blonde Jazzmaster. Yes, it is. Is there a catch? Yes. This is not an actual from the year in the past 1959. Right. This is a custom shop. Okay. Heavy Relic. Yes. 1959 Jazzmaster. Yeah. So why on earth are we doing that? We've done the Jazzmaster before. We have. This is different still, though. This is different still. We got to wondering. Yes. What's up with the custom shop in Fender, California? Yes. And what's up with the state of relicking? Yeah. Or antiquing or whatever you want to call it. Yep. Of a guitar. Yep. What's the deal with that, Ed? <laughs> what up with that, John? Yeah. So we thought we would dig into it and find yep. out why they even exist. Yep. How did they get started? Yep. And what's up with that relicking? What's up with that? What's up with that? Mm-hmm. The relicking appears to be super duper popular right now. You can't be a boutique guy. Yeah. And not do some distressing of your finishes. Come on. Kidding me? Like our man Abernathy or our good friends over at Fano Guitars. Fano, those, uh, man. yeah, those know. guys know how to beat up a finish. <laughs> they know how to beat up a guitar. Those guys, those guys out of Fano, Arizona, Arizona. Yes, okay. they know what they're doing. The Arizona boys, yeah, I love them. They're hard chargers. Oh, each one of them at NAM, I got the feeling mm-hmm. in their boot mm. had a shiv. Mm. So, how did this all begin at the custom shop? Uh, I don't know. 1984. Okay. George Orwell. Did that Apple commercial come out in 1984? I think it did. It did, right? And who directed that? Was that... Ridley uh, Scott? Ridley Scott. He's the superior Scott, isn't he? No. (laughs) No. Tony Scott's filmography is bangers only. Absolute rippers. And what did Tony Scott get for his troubles? Academy Awards. We lost him. And I feel terrible about that. 1984. Yeah. I guess CBS has had it. They sell Fender to an investor group led by employees. Okay, great. I'm into this. The head of the employee-led investor group yeah. is our man Bill Schultz. You remember him? Schultzy. Yeah, Schultz. Of course I remember yeah. Schultz. Oh, we lost Schultz too? 1926 uh, to 2006. 80 years old. Not bad, not bad. He had a good run. 
He studied engineering. Great. Where did he study engineering, I wonder? Fender, California. No. MIT. No. New Jersey. The New Jersey Institute of Technology. God damn it. Well, if it makes you feel any better. Yes. He also got his MBA so he could do the businessy stuff. Sure. At Rutgers. (laughs) MBAs. Yeah, what are they good for? Not much. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. Schultz's got Fender now. Yeah. First thing he does is renames it. Fender Musical Instruments Corporation. Right. Second thing he does. Okay. A couple of years later, 1987. Yeah. Okay. He decides, I want to make a custom shop. Okay. 87. Yeah. Great. What was the mission statement of the custom shop in 1987? It was not to do relics. The custom shop was where primarily professional guitarists would go to have things customized. Totally. Hey, I want you to trick out my guitar in this manner. Okay, Eric Clapton. Yeah. Small operation, just two dudes. Oh, nice. He gets two master builders. Okay. Our man John Page, do you remember him? Jimmy Page's brother, John Page. That's right. Responsible for the bullet. Okay. And a guy named Michael Stevens. Steve Stevens' brother. Yeah, probably. Jimmy Page's brother and yep. Steve Stevens' brother yes. get together and populate the brand new custom shop. This whole hmm. time, though, outside of custom shop parameters, yeah, relicking is a thing in the world. People have been doing it for centuries to furniture, not to mention repairs on guitars to make them match an older guitar. I guess I haven't really thought about it, but it strikes me as a thing of forgery. You know, largely that's a forger's art. Very often used for that. Yeah. Okay. So then in 1989, okay. a couple of years into it, yeah, they hire another guy. Three. Three guys. Woo! This guy's name is J.W. Black. J.W. Black. Mr. Black. He's a master builder as well. Maybe you're just not allowed into the custom shop until you are deemed a master instrument maker. That sounds correct even today. So uh, Mr. Black comes on board. He had been actually doing aging on restorations in guitar shops before that. Okay. So like a lot of guys, he was familiar with a lot of the techniques, but the Mm -hmm. custom shop still wasn't doing it. There's an apocryphal tale Okay. that our man, Mr. Black, yeah. was the first person to do what is now called relicking for Fender. Oh. The apocryphal tale is that Keith Richards gets himself a new Fender guitar yeah. and doesn't like it. It looks too new, like a new pair of sneakers or something. Right. And he goes to our man, Mr. Black, can't you beat it up? I'll play it if you beat it up more so it looks old. Right. Not true. Okay. The truth of the story is this. Record producer Don was yeah 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 was recording the Rolling Stones okay maybe that's how that rumor got started but at the time Don was was set to perform on the Grammys with Bonnie Raitt okay and he had just bought a new bass mm-hmm. not a Fender it was a Sadowski bass of all things okay but he went to our man Mr Black said hey uh, I'm I'm gonna be playing on TV with this thing it looks too new and shiny can you beat it up and Mr Black did that for him. Okay. So that is perhaps the first time. Okay. It's done. Yeah. Mr. Black? Yeah. Has roots in Kansas City. Okay. So does this other guy, Vince Cunetto. Okay, Vinny. By some coincidence, Mr. Black and Vince, they meet each other in Kansas City through this mutual friend. Sure. Oh, great. Hey, well, you know, what do you do? I work in guitars. Well, I do guitars too. Oh, that's great. Let's talk. Okay. It turns out Vinny in his house was relicking shit okay so mr black goes over and he's like wow what do you what's with all the bodies what are you doing 
Right. Oh, you know, I'm doing this thing where I'm distressing these, the wood and making it look old. And I figured out DuPont custom colors from the 50s that Fender was using. Oh. I even went back and looked at the vintage Fender logo decals on the headstock. Yeah. And I figured out how to make them myself. Huh. What are they called? The slide? The water, water slide, slide decals? Wow. Yeah, so our man Vinny, Vince Cunetto. See, this is forgery shit right here. Well, that's, I think, what Mr. Black thought, because Mr. Black warned him that that was not real cool. Yeah. Like, you know, in some circles, like my circles, because I work for Fender now at the custom shop, I don't think they're going to like that, dude, especially the water slide decal thing. Right. But if you were to do all of that like you're doing, but for us... Right. Maybe we look past some of these transgressions. couple guys like us. Yeah. Maybe we let you do your thing. So Vinny says, well, all right, well, how do you want to work this out? And Mr. Black says, why don't we just send you shit? Cool. And you age it and send it back. Great. So that's what Vinny does. Now the custom shop is sending him blank bodies, necks, all the hardware, the pickups, everything. And Vinny's aging that shit, boxing it up and sending it back. And then What's can- my guy Vinny up to? He's doing stuff. Okay. I love it. Is that pretty wild? Yeah. That dirt, Ed? Is provided to us. Yeah. Courtesy of the night pedal. Oh, I see a pedal that is black on black, and I'm into that. Yep. It's made by Rock Works. R-A-W-K? Yes. Okay. It's the Night Overdrive pedal. Okay. It's kind of like a Klon clone that you Ooh. can make do all kinds of stuff. Okay. It's all black, as Ed mentions, and there's yes. little paintings of stars and yeah. a, a little sliver of a moon, and there's a little building down on the horizon painted on there that has yeah. a bunch of windows. Yeah. And all the little tiny windows are drilled into the enclosure. Yeah. And there's a little light, so when the pedal's on, it the, lights the, up. It lights up. I love it. Yeah. I do think that's very cool. It's pretty cool. That is a great touch. <laughs> That's a pretty fuzzular pedal. Yeah. Yeah, I'm into it. Uh, I thought I would bring a pedal for our new segment. Eddie's Pedals. Yeah. What do you got there? I got a uh, Chase Bliss Audio. Ooh. Mood. Mood. Yeah. It's a collab with Drolo Effects. Sweet. And our good friends over there at the Old Blood Noise Endeavors. So it's a always-on micro-looper. With weird delay and reverb and, you know, that's Ed's jam. That's Ed's jam. I'm going to go on the floor okay, and turn some knobs and dials and you're going to do cool stuff. Okay. So on the right-hand side here, it's a micro-looper. And on the left-hand column are effects like reverb and delay.
Oh, jeez. Whoa. Emergency. that kind of stuff the mood from our friend joel court over there at chase bliss in somewhere minnesota the land of a thousand lakes i'll bet he's near a lake exactly yes i had a great aunt that lived in minnesota and i went up there quite a few summers near a lake leech lake she lived just Whoa. just down the way from leech lake were there leeches in the lake turns out that's why they named it leech lake <sighs> was because of the leeches. Did you get leeches on you? I never did. That doesn't sound real leechy then if you don't get a leech on you. I don't know. Just because I never did. Well. I think that pedal's pretty cool. Yeah, I think we need to get our guy, Joel, Yeah, over here on the high gain. Oh, that would be great. Let's do it. Okay, back to basics here. Yeah, back to that guitar. So by 1994, okay, with our man Vinny, Vince Cunetto, aging parts and bodies and necks and sending them in boxes back to Fender, he ramps it up. At this point, are these still one-off, like they're doing this for individual people? Still one-offs. You couldn't go to a guitar center no, or whatever in, equivalent. In fact, the custom shop guys, yeah, all three of them, did not want Vinny telling anybody what was happening. Okay. I think Schulte knew. Yeah. But the bean counters and the sales dudes, maybe, you know, they don't have to know what we're doing over here in the custom shop. Okay, yeah. But by 94, Cunetto ramps it up and starts building entire guitars. Instead of relicking the various parts sure. and sending them back, sure. it's a whole piece. Right. So he starts prototyping what that would look like. He talks to Mr. Black. Mm -hmm. He talks to John Page. Okay. Why don't you do a telly and a strat? Sure. Let's see what that looks like. Okay. So he starts prototyping uh, examples from the 50s. He does it, and they decide on the kind of yellow finish for the telly. Yep. And a kind of transparent blonde with gold hardware for the strat, also oh. known as a Mary Kay strat. Okay. And they turn out really well. Nam's coming up in 1995. Okay. Let's bring him to Nam. Sure. Just these two guitars. Right. So they get custom glass cases made for them. Yeah. And they bring them to Nam, and they just put a sign on them. 
the Telecaster says 50s Relic Nocaster. Yep. And the Strat says 50s Relic Stratocaster. No other explanation at all. And so a lot of people were coming up to the cases saying, oh, that's pretty cool that you guys are paying tribute to your history with, uh, you know, you found these old guitars. And right. they were saying like, yeah, they're not old. These are brand new. What? I would like to order some of these, please. How did they take that guitar and make it so someone didn't just buy the relic guitar and sell it as old? On the body, they stamped into the wood the word relic. Okay. And on the back of the headstock was a custom logo. Oh, okay. So in 95. 95. That's when that starts. That's dope. And now there is relicking that's way heavier than it started in 95. So those two examples from the NAMM show in 95, yeah, they definitely looked worn and played and kind of broken in. Right. But there was no notion of what you can get now. This particular example we have, the 59 Jazz, is heavy relic. Right. So it looks like it has been worn down clear into the wood yep. and then all kinds of like hand grease or whatever soaked into the wood so it's dark. You can feel the grain of the wood. Yeah, that's Th cool. This particular body's ash and the back of the neck, the finish is worn almost completely off. That kind of heaviness wasn't being done back then because I don't think they knew how people were going to like it. Even to this day, there are some people that think, oh, it needs to have honest wear. And I guess I prefer that, I think. But even the heavy relicking can be tasteful because they know what a guitar from 1957 would look like yeah. today. I think we're at a point now where the kind of relicking and distressing can be seen as an art form unto itself. It's not entirely about making it look old. I think it's about making it look worn. The same way like somebody who does a shabby, chic set of drawers. Sure. They're not looking to convince you that that's from 1927. Yeah. They just like the look of the worn wood. Yeah. And so I think we've seen a lot of guitars, not just Fenders these days, that veer in that direction. They're not looking to convince you that this thing is an antique. They just like the look of it being beat up. And so that's what they do. The guitar you're holding, I dig the wear on it. As I mentioned, it kind of took off in some quarters and not so much in others. Some dealers were perplexed, but they were definitely there to stay. So, Cunetto. Vinny. Vinny. Oh, Vinny? Yeah. He has to ramp up to handle the demand. So sure. So he starts hiring people and teaching them all of this. And yeah. so Vinny's got his own little shop going. At the high point, they were sending back to Fender, California, like 40 relics a week. I wonder how many people it would take to make 40 of these yeah. in a week. Man, that's crazy. Because that is so much attention to detail. And then they start adding models to it. You know, yep. they started off with that Tele and that Strat. Right. Let's do some Jazzes. Let's do some Jaguars. Let's do some Basses. And they started doing that as well. Right. And then Cunetto reminds them that, you know, I know all about these DuPont colors. We right. could do the custom colors. So he starts doing like, you know, the shell pinks and the Fiesta reds and the... <sighs> that's great. And the blues and all of that as well. Then, 1998... 98. Our man John Page, yeah, head of the custom shop yep. uh, since its founding, right. splits. Oh, no. He goes to head up the Fender Museum. Oh, cool. I would like to see the Fender Museum. Yeah. So he goes to do that. That's a cool gig. And then the guy that takes over decides, okay, what have you guys been doing here in the custom shop? Wait a minute. These relics aren't done here at the custom shop in-house? Well, no, it's old Vinny over there, and we send him the shit, and then he sends it back. Yeah, yeah no, we're not going to do that. Mm. I bet the guy that says, hey, we're not going to do that. That doesn't work for us. I bet that guy 
He's got an MBA. The guy who says, oh, this thing that's working great for everyone. Oh, it's inefficient. Let's cut that. Probably. MBA. Fortunately. Okay. Everybody has good memories of it. Because according to Canetto himself. Yeah. And John Page and all the people, Mr. Black involved. Yep. That was the plan kind of all along, like handshaky style. It just never happened. It never came back in-house. Oh, we've got all these orders. Let's just keep doing what we're doing. Yeah. And Cunetto thought, I'm making money. It's, it's like great. So he was never an actual employee of Fender. Okay. And then he was done. Yeah. That sounds like the MBAs came in and some mid-management dude. It seems like Guy essentially built the relic department of Fender. And then some new management comes in and is just like, eh, sayonara. Get bent. Yeah. 95 till when did Cunetto leave? Well, he ceased doing it in 99. Only a four-year run yeah. at a high point 40 a week for four years. Yeah. So that's... So there's not many out whew. there. And who knows what the breakdown is. Yeah. Were the tellies and strats the most of what they did? Yeah, yeah. And then, like, the bases and the different colors were kind of right. like one-offs here and there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our good friend Frank at Thunder Road... Yes. He got that whole lot of guitars, and there was that telly. It looked like it had been in a bar. Smoke damage? Yeah, it yeah. was orange, but over a blonde. Yeah. And so maybe it just sat in that bar for 40 years. If you view it as artistic, like, was it 40 years worth of smoke? Maybe, maybe not. But what I hear you saying is it looked really cool. Yeah. Oh, it so was like, awesome. Damage, that looks cool. Yeah. So I find myself wondering in the Relic game, Yeah. am I going to recreate water damage from a flood in the yeah. basement? Like a broken headstock oh. <laughs> without breaking the headstock. Oh, that's funny. It'll be cool to see what people come up with. Our buddy we ran into who had that baritone, it yes. kind of looked like a firebird that was made out of wood from a brothel. That burned down. The wood was covered in smoke and semen, I yeah. believe. was The semen is baked in? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Charlie Waffles. Charlie Waffles. He's got a band called Dirty Cakes. You should yes. check them out. You should. They're really good. They're also on Instagram. And YouTubes. Yep. You know who else is on the YouTubes? John and Ed. Yes. The high gain. We are still processing. Oh my God. Nam videos. Yes. But we did put another one up. We'll get through them all. What we are saying is with us largely being a visual podcast, moving over into the audio only space of YouTube yeah. has yeah. been difficult. Yes. We're ramping into this stuff. Yeah. yeah. Come on. Yeah. Cut us some slack. Why are you going to be that way? Also, oh. John, on Patreon, huge ups. Oh, new Patreon Oh, subscriber. my God. Shout out. New Patreoner. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, John. Where do people go to do this? Patreon.com slash The High Game. Oh, so good. I want you to know something, Ed. Yes. Our YouTube videos yeah. are now also on Pinterest.com slash The High Game. That's great. It's fantastic. <laughs> Instagram, Instagram, Twitter, yeah. Facebook, yeah. LinkedIn, LinkedIn, Pinterest, Pinterest, Patreon, Patreon, YouTube, YouTube. Send us a mail to the high gain pod at gmail.com. Uh -huh. Let us know what you want us to talk about. There is a correction. Uh-oh. Oh, be sure to correction. Corrections. Kev boyface. 
Oh, I love that guy. He was frustrated with our pronunciation of... Uh, Jaritos. Jaritos. Yeah. He wants us to know Say. that it is Jaritos. Jaritos. <laughs> Got it. Got it. <laughs> Check, yeah. boy face. Yeah, we need to go get some Jaritos. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm glad so, you're feeling better, Ed. Oh my gosh, it was rough, but I'm I'm back. Yeah, you're back. I'm back, feeling good. Jaritos. Yeah. Uh, I think we covered all that all that stuff, but get out there on the Patreon. We'd love it. D- DM us. You J- know, just say hi. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. We love the contact. We need affirmations. Yeah. To build this up. Yeah, we're 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 incredibly fragile. Otherwise. Right. The world is trying to tear us down and. Only you can save us. That's right. Thank you. 